It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and the radio voice of the Detroit Tigers, Dan Dickerson. This one is gone on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven is the phone number. Tickets nine seven one three six. It's Tiger Talk, and finally some winter weather. Yeah, we got some winter weather. <laughs> we always have. Of course, you know the caravan's starting this week. It's always like that. It's been like that forever, and uh, going back many years of the caravan. And the Tigers will be around town. Dan will be on the caravan this week, and we get into a lot of baseball. And all anybody wants to talk about is a scandal, Dan. <laughs> you know, we got Daniel Norris at 7:45. You just feel like there should be a buzzer like every five seconds right now. Just yeah, to, just you tell say us what pitch is coming. What could, you know? Uh, you know, it's, that it's, one today was really something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> and you know what? It's uh, it's like um, you know, I was asked about it. Uh, you know, the whole thing last week, and I, and I can't even begin to tell you. I'll say this here now. I'll say this forever. I am so glad uh, that the Astros were were banged like that, whacked like that, whatever you want to say, uh, punished like that. Luthlow's out. I can't stand him, and uh, I don't. I feel kind of bad about AJ Hinch in a way. I thought he was all right, but you know what's happening with them and the the, the integrity of of what they did in 2017. Yeah. I couldn't be happier that they're getting uh, called out on it. And now, but I also said at the time, Dan, it's all—it's a fluid situation. What's going to happen with the players? It's not done. It's not done by a long shot. Uh, I'm just glad that uh, at least they stepped up and did something harsh uh, instead of, like in the past, turning a blind eye to something that was, uh, you know, obvious. The PED issue back in the day was uh, covering baseball. And the time I covered it for 13 years was in the heart of that. At the start of it and through the heart of it, um, and then, of course, doing the column thing. I, I just, uh, you know, I'm glad that they've – Rob Manfred did. You know, I, there was some criticism earlier, but he did have some harsh penalties, but he may right. have to have more, and he's got to confront the players on this. And that, I do think that's, that's the hard part. I mean, are you going to start suspending guys left and right? I mean – Well, Tony Clark, again, I've known Tony Clark since he's 18 years old. Tony Clark is a really, really good person, a very bright person. But his job – it's to and protect the players. It's to protect the players. So uh, that's going to be interesting because I, Tony Clark will do his job. I know that about him. So it's a, it's just a fluid situation. And in the inter, in the in the interim, you know the Tigers are have their caravan coming. I know there's a lot of folks like the Tigers won 47 games. There's a lot of us. I'm among them. You're among them. You call the games. Uh, every one of them. You know, starting in spring trial. I'm looking for the start of the actual game itself being played and. 
you know, maybe some of the attention just being off of this. And we'll talk about the Tigers' prospects today. We'll talk about yeah. some surprising things. Who's going to be in camp? Right. You know, all those different things they announced today. Uh, who's going to be in camp otherwise. And we'll get into all sorts of things. We've got open lines uh, to talk to you. 248-539-9797 uh, is the phone number for that. Um, and no, it's great to be with you, Dan, always to talk some ball. And Daniel Norris will join us at 745. Right. And, you know, we'll ask him a question about it as a player, how he feels about it. And we'll talk about uh, – and, you know, for those who are just tuning in, I know they've been talking about it throughout the afternoon into the evening, the, the latest allegations involving a buzzer system. The reason that would make sense, I'm not saying I'd, I'd have a feeling about whether the truth of it yet or not, but it makes sense because this year was the year that Major League Baseball had somebody not just down in the dugout or between the dugout and the video room on the steps, wherever it might be, every dugout's different. Uh, for the whole game before they had somebody come down for a couple of innings and it wasn't as effective a system. Obviously you could just stop this, whatever you were doing, if you were doing something, meaning video relaying it by whistle or noise or beating on a trash can uh, to the dugout that stopped this year because someone was standing there obviously would have been in between whoever was making the the noise or the sound to get to the dugout, to relay it to whoever's on the field. Everybody had a little different system and there were obviously some teams, several teams doing it. So the buzzer system would make sense. It's somebody's always going to find, okay, you're going to stop us from relaying it by sound. What else could we do? So it seems like people are always going to, if, they, if they're committed to doing, to cheating, then they're going to find a way around the system. So I do, I think it brings up the fact that Major League Baseball still has to come up with some very, very, I mean, these are stiff penalties, as you said, but now how do we prevent Everybody still, someone's going to always want to cheat. Well, it's a, it's a 10. And you have an advantage. It's and a, now the electronics and the technology, how do we prevent that from happening? And that's, that's a challenge. It's a $10 billion plus industry. Right. $10 billion. You know, I say, well, the NFL is a lot bigger. The NFL is a $16 billion industry. It shows you how big Major League Baseball is. And uh, the games, the integrity of the game, going back to Black Sox, those Steroid scandal, all the different things that happened. Sign stealing, nineteen fifty-one. You know, uh, you know, some controversy. Bobby Thompson's home run, all those different things. You know, it's one thing though to have you know gamesmanship things like stealing signs that are you know coming mm-hmm. from the third base coach or whatever. And this, and it, it's a it's a nipping in the bud because the technology. What are you going to have next thing? Some a camera on your hat. You're going to have uh, you know a, a baseball that's uh, sitting or. Uh, some kind of uh, device uh, near the on decks. There's all kinds of different things that could come up because you could say put it on a blade of grass or whatever, uh, put it on the pitcher's rubber. Say that's ridiculous. Well, people uh, 30 years ago didn't think we'd all be watching baseball games on our cell phones. Right. So, I mean, nobody well, even knew I what think it was going to be like. football has done to protect their relaying of signs, right? Yeah. I mean, it's electronic now in the, in the helmet. Uh, it's I mean, they've got guys covering up the guys who are relaying signs to the defense. I mean, it's it's elaborate. You've got two guys signaling, right? Only one of them's right. <laughs> even the, the sign for, for that defense, that play. So there are more than a few people who think that the, the era of putting signs down may be coming to an end. Well, it could be. I don't know. You know, I don't know what the system would be because the catcher would be the one trying to communicate with the pitcher. But 
with electronics, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe there's a new system you can do it electronically. Well, they do in football, literally, you're, you're sending us an electronic signal from the catcher to the pitcher and no longer putting down signs that can be stolen. I don't know. You can have a lot of that. I just know it's a decided advantage if you know a pitch is coming. Right. It's unbelievable. I, I do think that, I mean, I've, I've read a couple of people, Jason Stark, I think, wrote about it this week, that, you know, what's coming in the years ahead, and he thought that might be a possibility. Yeah, that's, a, you know, good possibilities. But it's all out there for you. Two four eight five three nine ninety seven ninety seven. Ticket text is at 97136. Uh, if you want to talk about any of that, hey, cool, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss it with you. Uh, it's obviously the uh, top thing in the game, and you know, all the folks in the Tigers all have an opportunity to answer, you know, what they think about it uh, coming up. I, but the Astros, I did want to say one more thing about it. And it's nothing against JV. I like JV, okay? He's been on our show. We've had him on uh, when he was with the Tigers. Uh, he was terrific. We had him on Tiger Fest a few times and other things. Um, but, you know, the, the whole thing with Fennec last year, you know, putting it was they put three reporters in front of the clubhouse and tried to intimidate the kid. He's not a kid. He's a grown man, but that was bad. And uh, JV should have never been allowed to do that. What happened with the women reporters? Uh, in it is the, a culture thing with the Astros. Uh, in the in the clubhouse with uh, Brandon Taubman, their former assistant general manager, was beyond reprehensible. And then the cover-up or whatever that was, uh, it was unbelievable. This goes back to uh, trying to scam the draft system, you know, with the selection of Brady Aikman. Uh, back in the day so it's not new and I'm disappointed about it I just want to go on record as saying this and you and I kind of fall in this category uh, we love the new analytics we love the technology I'm into it I think baseball is better than it's ever been uh, I go on better played better everything and I'm constantly tired of people complaining about what's bad about baseball and the Astros to me did a lot of things that were really good to enhance the game and they've totally ruined everything that they did well you know uh, I joked with you. I said, you know what you can get for 50 cents over at John King's used books? <laughs> That's that Ben Reader book, The Astros Way, which I read over. Astro Ball, right? Yeah, whatever it is, you know. It's a great read. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> but the one that uh, seems to be kind of irrelevant at this point. <laughs> 50, so I just, you know, 50 cents seems about right. <laughs> you know, I mean, you can get that one for bargain basement now. They ain't t- charging that one top dollar. It's being the bargain bin over Barnes & Noble now. <laughs> So I just I just wanted to say that that that's you know because uh, there's a lot of frustration with how people view the game so old school and everything and it, they should make it fresh and new and how you know really take advantage of technology to present it to folks in a manner that uh, makes it better than ever that's what I've been advocating and uh, you know Tigers are an organization that's trying to move ahead and uh, you know now you know you. You know, you got to defend baseball from another scandal again, you know, like the, the whole steroids here and things that I've been through. So disappointed in the Astros, disappointed that people would do that in the game. By the way, 248-539-9797. Coming up next, we got a number of lists, Tigers' top 10 prospects. And also, Dan did some research today. It was good research. <laughs> uh, something that might be a little more promising about the Tigers than uh, what you think. This is Tiger Talk 97 won the ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. Well, we got open lines. 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Uh, ticket text is at 97136. Uh, we talked, uh, just joining the show, about the uh, the whole thing with the Astros, which is just, 
uh, goes more and more. Carlos Beltran, you know, not managing the Mets now because of all this. Uh, all the different things that have happened. Alex Cora no longer coaching or managing, I should say, uh, managing uh, the uh, Red Sox. I mean, it really had, is stunning. It has uh, had a tremendous fallout. Uh, you know, if you go back and you think about when El Tuve hit that home run off Chapman and uh, the big smile on Chapman's face, and you look at that smile on Chapman's face, he, he couldn't have known just how you know, ironic that moment uh, happened to be. Uh, so, would love to hear from you, 248-539-9797. I want to talk a little bit about uh, uh, the Tigers' starting rotation. They've added Ivan Nova. You know, I, the, the, it's drawn a big yawn, basically, in sure. the town. That's all uh, right. It's a one-year, $1.5 million contract. And, uh, you know, he's he, he got double-digit wins, whatever that means. His ERA was in the high fours, what, 472. He's 33 years old, doesn't miss a lot of bats. Uh, analytically, uh, it doesn't make any sense other than value of contract. Um, what did you think of the Ivan Nova signing? To me, I mean, Tiger saw him four different times this year. He was always, except for one start, he was solid. And that start, he gave up six runs, but went six innings. He's just a, he's a, I think what we've found is the game has turned more toward relievers who are eating up a bigger chunk of innings. And by the way, this year, that gap between starters and relievers really closed as relievers log more innings, they became less effective as a group. Uh, there is value in a guy that you know you can run out there every fifth day, and he's going to, you know what you're going to get. He's going to go five innings almost every start. He did every start except for a handful, six innings about half the time, and occasionally will go seven, eight, or nine. So there is value in that these days. So that was my first thought. You're always going to have, and I've talked about this for years, when you've got a guy who has a low strikeout rate, you're going to have more inconsistency start to start. That's just the nature of the beast because more balls are being put in play. Right. But I think he's he's solid. He's a guy who can absolutely help solidify a rotation. And then this, uh, I started looking at, because I didn't realize that Daniel Norris, who we'll have on a little bit later, finished with a war of almost three this year. That surprised me. Yeah. Just because he was his last eight starts were all three innings apiece. This is why I like wins above replacement or war. We talk about it a lot, but believe me, every team has some system that's comparable to judge their players, hang a number on that guy that tries to judge everything he does well. Pitcher war is a little bit more of a mystery to me than for position players. But Ivan Nova, his numbers, as you said, don't jump out at you, had a war of 2-2 this past year, which surprised me. Right. Norris, 2-9. Turnbull was 2-2. And Boyd was 3-5. Right. So you're thinking, well, you know what? That's not a bad way to go. You, you're starting the year with four different guys with a two-war in a rotation. That's unusual. There were 60 starting pitchers in all of baseball last year with a, a war of two-plus starting pitching, 63 to be exact. So that's an average of two per team. Tigers had three. They've added a fourth. The Yankees had one. Right. <laughs> not to say that, but it does point out that I think if you've got a solid rotation, and I still think there's upside for Norris and Boyd. Nova is what he is. But it's there is value. Talking about wins above replacement, there is value in having a guy like Ivan Nova. The Tigers got hurt last year and finished 13th in starter ZRA because they give a 280 innings to guys who made starts that had a collective ERA over 650. Well, and now that you, if you can just have that, in other words, there's value in a guy that's got a 450 ERA, right. goes six innings and an average start, and 
because they take into account defense, the team playing behind him, the team that he is on in, in calculating war. There's a lot of, that goes into it. And I like the baseball reference war better than Fangraphs war for just seems to, it seems to line up better with what we see on the field. Look, so I can I, only tell you somebody that uh, looked at it. And I'm, I'm not a mathematician. I'm, I was terrible at math. I know what the, the basic formula is. I know the basic roots of it and the genesis of it. And uh, I can only tell you from my own experience of like what it actually is and how war measures it. First of all, there it's not a definitive thing. It's not a be all end all. And it's uh, you're good... right. Each team has its different war. And if I were running a team, and thank God for you all, I'm not. Um, I would look at uh, the way the traditional war that we looked at baseball reference fan graphs, you know, uh, baseball perspectives. I would look at it differently uh, when it comes to pitching and position position players. I found it to be more accurate a gauge of the value of a player than it has been of a pitcher. I think that's true. You know, so you know, okay. But having said that, that's still interesting. Yeah. Uh, it okay. surprised me. Yeah, both so, Norris and Nova, and uh, so yeah, I you know, and I I think there's a genesis in a seed. You know, I'm not trying to. They won 47 games last year. They stunk. Yeah, you can say they had three over yeah. two and they won 47 games. So so what? But yeah. I think it points out that you put together an offense that is something. This is an offense that scored under 600 runs. That's really hard to do. That's you put true. Any kind of an offense with this rotation, and then it obviously points out the the, the value of and the need for an improved bullpen. Oh, without question. But and at it, least I, I think that when you start with that solid rotation, I mean, you it does mean something. I really believe that. No, I, I agree, and I think if there's a, a genesis out of this, okay, my my view of the Tigers' future isn't nearly as bleak as a lot of folks. Uh, that justifiably look at just an absolutely ball, awful ball club last year and say there's no hope, they're going to be awful forever. The genesis of it is pitching. And the, the genesis of it is, we'll get into this here, uh, pitching prospects who are very high-end, not phony high-end, actually high-end in my opinion. You've been following this team for a long time. I think this it's safe to say this is as good a group of young pitchers coming up in terms of how they are regarded nationally as we've ever seen. Would you well, agree? Well, I think nationally, if anything, they're actually underrated. Where in the past, sometimes they've gotten – and everybody – they go by draft picks and where they were taken and all this. But also, if you couple that with the, the pieces that are on their staff, if, if Daniel Norris goes – then this is where Gardy, Rick Anderson – the people in their analytics department have to marry. They should have more openers with the type of staff that they may have here, more three-inning starts, uh, go more into that direction uh, if they have six, seven, eight with starters. With this current rotation or with the rotation with that With the rotation building? that it could ultimately develop into by June. Or, you know, if uh, Matt Manning, Casey Mize. But once they're up here, Scoobles. you don't want three-inning starts and openers, do you? Yeah, I think you what you might have to do, not all the time, but like for two days a week, have some of their guys go all out for three innings. Yes, I do. I do think they have to look at that more. I think they have to As, play to their strengths. In other they, words, they got to, get, to, get they, more, they, to get more guys more innings? In other words, spread the innings quality, around more, or to break these guys into the major leagues? Which way are you looking at? Both. 
Okay, first of all, you, if, if Matt Manning comes up and he throws five innings and gives up three hits and strikes out eight, you want to get him out of that game, all right? You don't want him pitching the sixth. You don't want him going into the seventh. Why? Because you, 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 how many pitches is he going to throw? You want to break him in easy. You don't want to put too much wear and tear on his arm, and you don't want to waste time right now until you, you, build, you want to build him up so when you have a really good team, that's when you start to use him like that. You have to be smart. It's the same with Casey Mize. He's already broken down the last two years. So you got to be smart that way. Secondly, if you have six, seven, eight starters like Norris, when Norris pitched three innings at a time, he was better than when, you know, he was trying to pace himself, whatever he was doing. You want guys. I think that's one of the more interesting cases for this year. If you you give give the rotation to Melvin or you give it to Cash or you give it to those, that's what they do. Okay, so you have to start thinking more along those lines. I'm not, you know, trying. I'm not coming up with something that hasn't been done here, reinventing the wheel. This is the direction the game's going in. If that's your strength, you have to play to your strength and get the most out of it, the most out of your innings. This thing about milking innings to the sixth or seventh inning, and some of the things that they did in the past. That's in the past. You don't want to develop guys who are going six, seven, and eight innings. I. You want to develop them, but you want to develop them smartly. You know, the pitch count counts. How difficult are those innings? Uh, different factors that go along those lines. That is where it comes from. Okay? That, that to me, is, But they've you know, been building up. Don't you think they've been building up Matt Manning's innings so that he can get to the point where they don't have to worry well, we about an, an innings we, count this we, year? Yeah, we had an interesting discussion. I mean, he has 133 innings. We, you we, increase that by 25%. We, we, had, a, we had an interesting discussion about Bo Burroughs. Okay, and you say, well, you're joking. You say, you love Bo Burrows, because I had Bo Burrows very highly rated. And, you know, I said, look at what happened with Bo Burrows. Bo Burrows threw 135 innings two straight years. That's all. But he built him up, and what happened to him when he got to AAA? He had a breakdown that a lot of times pitchers have health-wise. It's rare pitchers go through that. So where they never break down. You look at every great pitcher, they had break. Schilling had a breakdown. Halliday had a break. Guys have gone in the Hall of Fame recently. JV even had a breakdown. He's the most durable pitcher in the history of the world. So you got to be careful with it. Well, obviously, we know that. And, it, you, and if you look at what's happening Matt Manning's now, gone from 117 to 133, he easily can go 160 this year. You mentioned about, like, well, the more you use the bullpen, the more it breaks down, or, you know, it, does, it doesn't hold up and everything. If you've got a lot of depth, you've got eight starters – you should be thinking about using openers. That's what I'm telling you. And I think the Tigers... In other words, as these guys come up and you've got, let's say you've got uh, Turnbull, Norris, and Boyd all pitching well, and these guys are forcing their way to the major leagues, get creative. Get creative. All right. That's what I'm saying. Use the, the analytics and do it. And look what... That's exactly what Tampa's done. That's exactly what Oakland's done. This, to beat the system. And they didn't have to use a buzzer. 97 <laughs> won the ticket. Tigers fans, you can make Comerica Park your home away from home this summer. It's the Triple Nine plan presented by Meyer. $9.99 for a full season. Works out to less than $13 a game. Plus, you get special 1901 Society benefits, including merchandise and concession discounts, invites to exclusive events, and you can learn more by visiting tigers.com slash triple nine. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Dan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. 
Hey, we got open lines. 248-539-9797 is the phone number. Ticket taxes at 97136. Uh, you know, my point, you know, about this, and I, you know, I, get, I always get pushback from stuff like this. Dan knows his stuff way better than most, so it's about the way the game is headed and what the traditional beliefs are. And then it kind of gets into this like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, I'm not saying don't try to develop a long-term starter or, you know, do anything. But Tampa is a classic example of a team that wins 90-plus games. And they only had one pitcher that threw more than 133 innings last year. It was Charlie Morton. Yes, in an ideal world, you want Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander in your rotation. And uh, you want all these different things. But if you look at the Yankees, how many times did Chad Green start games for them? You know, how many, they're a very, you know, everybody talks about how they throw money at players, but they, you know, they turned it around by actually going in a different direction and then going to uh, throwing money at players again. So that's my basic point about it. Oakland uh, didn't have anybody uh, that threw over 150, a couple of guys that threw over 150, but it, mostly it's pitching staff by committee. You know, they used to always say bullpen by committee. If you want to get the most out of what you've got in 2020 baseball, all right, and you look at it honestly, and you look at it analytically, and you take all your old school stuff that's in your head, okay, and you really look at it, okay, you, I'm not saying you don't teach them how to grip the ball right or the arm slot or, you know, the, the things that old school pitching coaches will tell you or old school managers, but you've got to look at if you want to have the most effective team that you possibly can have Develop pitchers who aren't going to be worn out, you know, and, uh, you know, can build up to that type of thing. You've got to look at what I'm talking about here, especially if you – this is where there's a light at the end of the tunnel for them, even this year. It's the amount of starting pitching they have. So how do you make the most of this? Not only in terms of not having an absolutely horrible team on the field like they had last year – but developing what could be a real good nucleus for the future around that. That's all I'm saying. All's I'm saying. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> well, you've got, I mean, by by a couple of different measurements, MLB Pipeline has a Tigers farm system up to six. Bleacher Report has them at seven. And four of the top five in baseball prospectus rankings that just came out this yes. past week are those guys at double A starting pitching. Joey Wentz. He's better than everybody. Quietly, thinks. up to number five. That's because they actually might have. They might have actually watched him. Baseball Prospectus actually watched these guys. So Mize, Manning, Scooble right. wins for the top five right. Tigers prospect. Riley Green is the other. Are pitchers, right? And it gets to what you're talking about. You're going to have these guys. Several might force their way onto the major league roster at some point this year. Right. Whether it's May, whether it's June, July, August, they're going to force their way, and then. I think Spencer Turnbull's a starting pitcher. I think he's really good. I I think he stays in the rotation. Boyd obviously is a starter. Norris, and this is where it gets creative, and I, I think you bring up a good point. Norris was at his best when he was limited by innings to eight starts of three innings each down the stretch. The and who else kid. benefited from that? Buck Farmer. Buck Farmer's another in, one. And those two piggybacking turned out to be a really nice one-two punch in all but, I think, one yeah. of those eight starts. Exactly. Those and are the type of things. that's the kind of thing you're talking about in terms of creativity, and now that maybe frees up another guy to log some more innings, and you're going to you're gonna My, have some really difficult decisions, hopefully, in the rotation within a year. It's, it's not as creative as actually a trend. 
Okay, it's the direction that people have looked at the game. But I, mean, I don't really think you get away from trying to develop guys who can go six, seven, and eight innings. Yeah, I think in an ideal world, if you want to win a world championship, you need to have a couple aces like that. Yes. Genuinely. Okay, that's not my point. You want to have a 200-inning guy. Yes. And you want somebody who's durable enough to pitch in the postseason. Don't forget, there's a lot of innings logged in the postseason, you know, especially if you got to go through a wild card round. You know, and so, you know, I mean, that extra game, which is often going to be your ace that's going to be pitching it. So if you can set it up that way. So the whole situation with it, I, I agree with it. I'm not saying, you know, go completely retro and, you know, do all these things. But if you're smart and you want to milk things the way the game is actually going to be played, you got the – every inning you've got somebody going out there with the best thing they got. They're not trying to ham and egg it to get through another inning. This is how you've got to go. And with the Tigers – if you look at what potential strength, what's coming out of the ashes, so to speak, what's coming out of the ashes, hey, you know what? These guys have some arms, and they're not overrated in my opinion. I've seen the Mike Drumright, Seth Greisinger, Willis Roberts time, you know, and uh, all that, and I've seen other prospects that have come through, at the Kenny Bowes and the Kyle Sleese and others. This isn't like that, all right? Matt Manning's a top-end high octane starter he's underrated he's their top prospect all right it's not Casey Mize and Casey Mize is really really good if they can keep him healthy they got to figure out the splitter thing whether that's causing whatever's going on with his you know him breaking down Scooble I couldn't believe that when I saw it you were there that day I came oh oh, this guy I had seen this on just watching some (laughs) minor league baseball game in the middle of the Tiger game on my iPad And I'm down in the clubhouse going to Al and David Chad, like, what is this? I couldn't believe what I saw, like Jack Buck said. And Wentz is way underrated. You know how you talk about all these trades? I don't know, you know, what's going to happen with Franklin Perez. I don't know what's going to happen with, you know, some of these guys. But if you get one out of those deals, and, you know, they might have gotten two out of those deals. One's Willie Castro. He's better than what people think. That's right. And then the other one is Joey Wentz. Watch Joey Wentz. He throws three pitches. He can throw three pitches over, and he was really good at 21 in double-A. He's young, all right? He's like a college kid that got popped into double-A, and now he's you know he's held his own for two years there. He's good. That was a good deal by Al. He's got a chance. So, you know, there, you know so then you throw that on. Fulmer is going to come back at some point. You know, Daniel or Matthew Boyd is good. Norris, he has trouble holding it together. You know, his command gets a little off. But you say, give me two or three innings, man. Just go out in there and go. That kid's competitive. He'll go out there and do that for you. Spencer Turnbull breaks down. He's always broken down. He broke down last year, but he's got nasty stuff. And did you make 30 that. starts. You know, you can, you can see that. You can see that with him. You know, you, you, so you've got to take these resources, look at what the game actually is. You know, stop forgetting Mickey Lolich throwing 376 innings was a long time ago. <laughs> okay, all right. That happened in nineteen seven. Wilbur Wood was throwing he didn't friggin' even lead knuckleball. the league in innings pitch, right? This Wilbur is Wood different. This is twenty twenty. <laughs> all right, so you got it, you know. And I think they've got an idea of that. I don't know, you know. I mean, I, you know, you know. At some point, I'll start picking some brains on it for what well, they're they have actually a pretty thinking. good feel for how to keep arms healthy. If you yeah. look at, I mean, last year. I think they're disappointed in the number of days on DL, but you look at the last five years, 10 years and 15 years, whatever segment you want to look at, which team has the fewest 
number of days on the DL, the Tigers are always in the top five. And that does speak to some of the things they have learned through the years about how to protect and keep arms healthy. And I love Jim Leland. He's one of my favorite baseball people of all time. How can you not love Jim Leland? <laughs> but Jim's thought, you know, like we were talking about when the Tigers are contenders, like, I need Verlander to go seven. I need him to give me that seven. I need him to give me that eight. If Jim were a young manager now, you know, at first he, he would be thinking differently than what he did then. He used an opener one time back in the day. You know, well, Jim was <laughs> Jim creative. Was, you know, one of the things I was told when he came over from Pittsburgh, and the people in Pittsburgh told me this, he was the best at managing a bullpen of anybody. And people say their bullpen stunk. No, man, he had nothing for a bullpen and managed to get through that. Phil Coke was closing games in the postseason for him. <laughs> so, Never made the announcement either. No, no, no. He Never just, replaced Phil Verde. He just didn't use him again. Yeah, it just, <laughs> just how it works. He, Jim knew exactly what he was doing, so I have the utmost respect for the man. But some of the thoughts that he had in 2006, 7, 8, the game has moved to 2020. And if Jim were managing now, he'd have to do it differently. Teams back in the day, too, Baltimore Orioles way back when, they were known for they would the, the debuts for their young stars, star pitchers were in the bullpen. Right. So really, I mean, it's it's not – it would actually be a nod to baseball history if some guys came up, their debuts were in the bullpen, working long relief, whatever it is to get their feet wet. But, Dan, the difference Santana now is – Santana with the Twins, Liriano with the Twins. The first thing they should do is get rid of the five-inning rule for the win. Okay? They should. And I agree. Th- because teams are going to start using pitchers for th- – the Yankees used Chad Green like crazy. I mean, he was starting every game, it seemed like. They revived his career, too, because he got off to a terrible start. He finished is, strong. And that explains the war for their rotation. Right. Because their bullpen more than made up for oh, it. Oh, absolutely did. So, 24853. Forget our number, because coming up next, <laughs> we're going to talk to Daniel Norris. Uh, this is Tiger Talk. Man, this show goes so fast. <laughs> 97 won the ticket. The ticket. Tiger Talk with Pat Caputo and Tan Dickerson on Tigers Radio 97.1. The ticket. Well, Tiger Talk rolls on. We've got the uh, media caravan coming up this week, spring training soon. Uh, pitchers and catchers will be reporting, I believe, on February 11th and uh, first workout on February 12th. Among those uh, will be Daniel Norris, who joins us now. And Daniel... He had a pretty good year last year that kind of flew under the radar, 144 innings. Uh, we were talking about your wins above replacement. Uh, you're going to be uh, pitching most of the next year at 27 years old. You're hitting the prime of your prime, and uh, you must be feeling pretty good about the progress that last year uh, uh, gave you. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, you know, I was just happy to stay healthy. That was kind of my – kind of been my thing is uh, – been tough to stay healthy over my career but um just to be able to stay on the field last year was huge for me and um just being able to work on things you know no start stop go it's all all flowing pretty well you said the last few years you've always been having start the off season rehabbing something trying to get to the 100 percent health you were able to do that this off season. Now you're just a normal off season. But what's a normal off season for Daniel Norris? I know you love to travel. Where have your journeys taken you? And I know you're always while you're on the road making sure you're getting ready for next year. But where have you been? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I yeah, I never miss a workout. I'm always doing what I can to see baseball. That's my priority. But I do I do enjoy the outdoors um, and all that. But yeah, I train out in Santa Barbara, um, so I train every day, and I kind of got to do that. And, surf and hang out and have a good time so it's, it's been good for sure surfing's a good workout 
that's a great workout. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, I enjoy it for sure. You know, uh, we were talking a little bit about this, and there were some situations with you a little later in the year. Uh, but they, they, there's a lot of shortening of starts, you know. And, uh, you know, you have the opener, all those different uh, 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 situations. Tampa obviously has used it uh, very effectively. How do you feel about it as a pitcher uh, who's come up, uh, for the most part, through a traditional system? Yeah, you know, I mean, I, to be honest with you, like I, I like old school baseball. I like getting the ball and going as long as you can um as far as last year just going three innings like that was more of a calculated thing just because of um, my 2018 season missing so much time so it was more just making sure my increase wasn't too much um it worked out well you know i think you know i know people have kind of talked to me like oh yeah i think you're better in like short stints and i mean i get it because that's what the numbers said but it was more just me getting back used to my body from that surgery um i think just as the year went on uh, my velocity started coming back i started feeling better with my mechanics you know my groin wasn't hurting me anymore from that surgery and i think it just kind of coincided with with the timing of all of that um for me i believe that i can you know be a full full-on starter i don't think that i need to be an opener to be good at baseball but yeah i get it for sure your last eight starts 24 innings 220 ERA, five walks, 23 strikeouts in 24 innings of work. Again, you were limited to three innings. You went three innings each of your last eight starts. What did you learn from that, and what do you think you can take into this year out of that? I know you were fired up about the velocity trending up the whole year. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, as a pitcher, obviously, and especially nowadays, like everybody wants to throw hard. And I think, for me, the reason I got drafted in early in my career, I did, I did throw hard. That's kind of why I was who I was. And then Losing that for a brief time was it was weird, and it taught me a lot about pitching and setting hitters up. And so it was almost like it needed to happen just to kind of teach me actually how to pitch instead of just ran back and throwing it. And so I definitely benefited from that. It was like mixing in other pitches, throwing them for strikes. Um, and then, you know, hopefully pairing that with the velocity coming back, I think I'll be a lot better for it. You know, Dan, you've been with the Tigers for a while. And last year, you know, winning 47 games, I think it was disappointing for everybody, I think particularly for the players. Um, what about this year? You know, what type of improvement are you expecting, you know, as a team? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're, you nailed it. It's it's tough. You know, we, we lace up every day and we want to win and we try to win and we play hard. Um, but anytime, you know, we lost as much as we did, it's tough. We, we want – better for us and better for the fans in the city of Detroit. Uh, having said that, I think some of the moves we've made, I think we're all pretty psyched on those. Um, you know, we're really taking a step forward, and uh, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be a lot better. Um, again, I, having said all of that, it was a fun team to be on last year. It was, we all, again, like we all had the same mindset of like, hey, yeah, we're young. Yeah, we're inexperienced, but we can still go play hard, and that's uh, that's why it's such a joy playing for Guardy is because that's what he preaches is like, no matter what, we're going to play hard. We're going to play the game the right way. And I believe we, we did that, you know, it might not be reflected in the win loss column, but at the same time, I think that we, we still had a lot to be proud of. And um, going into next year, I think that um, some of the, you know, TJ Crown, Scope, Romine, Nova, we just got, I think those guys are um, bringing some, added bedroom presence and they also played again you know played against those guys for years now and so those that's awesome i think we're all really excited about that 
Yeah, just uh, you know, the whole thing about the Astros uh, as a player. What are your thoughts on that? You know, it's difficult. It, I, I don't know. I, it is really tough. It, it is sad. It's sad to explore baseball. I really, um, you know, I alluded to it earlier. I like old school baseball, and so just any, with all this technology, it's just, it's just, you know, it's tough to root for. But, um, yeah, it's it's, it's a weird time. It's a, it's a really weird time. Just like seeing all this go down, it seems like every other day, like there's new information and new allegations and all this stuff. And it's, at the end of the day, you know, we're all just playing a kid's game that we love, that we grew up, you know, dreaming of. And, and I think that it should just stick that way. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I Hopefully it all screws over and, and you know, we, we can all forgive and try and forget and all that kind of stuff and, and just kind of move on and play the game. Um, but it is, yeah, the last few days have been, it's been pretty gnarly. Like, it's, it's weird to see all this stuff because a lot of these guys are super respected players and coaches and everything throughout the game and um, seeing like all the media outlets questioning that it's just tough because you know no matter what you know everybody's working hard and everybody wants to do well and everybody wants to win um, so hopefully it all just kind of you know go away soon well Dan I think you hit on, on something good with Guardy I mean and you put it well it is it is a weird time and it is weird to see two of the last three world champions caught up in this um but I think you, just in terms of looking forward to, to this year, I think that's the thing that sometimes gets lost in a 47-win season, obviously a tough season, that you guys still, there's a certain work ethic that you brought every day, and that is a reflection of the manager and his coaching staff, and you guys never got away from that as tough as things were the whole year long. Never, never once. And that's, again, it's a testament to Gardy and the whole staff, really. Um, every Everybody was locked in. It, even through all the, the losses that we had, it was, there was never like a lull of like, oh, here we go again. It was always like, hey, yeah, we're in a skid, but how do we get out of it? And, you know, Gardy, his timing for everything was perfect. And, you know, just a ton of respect for him and the staff that he brought in a couple of years ago. You know, like that's – he understood what was going on and, and he accepted the challenge. And, and we all did. You know, we all we all are cognizant of, of where we're at. But um, just the – the energy that he brings every day, it's, uh, it's contagious, and, and we all feed off of it. And, you know, again, I, I can't say it. I, there was never a day I, went, I was going to the field like, oh, man, this is tough. It was like every day was a new day, and, and you look forward to going and playing the game we love and for, for a great coaching staff, you know. Daniel, good luck uh, in the coming season. Look forward to uh, watching you pitch. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you, Daniel. We'll see you in a, in a week or so on the caravan. Yeah, we'll be up there. All right. There you go, Daniel Norris, Tigers pitcher. Enjoyed the show, Dan. It was fastest hour in uh, all of uh, sports. <laughs> Rob Manfred could Recently just make our number one for speed. He can just get the game as fast as our show goes. <laughs> It'd be our warp speed, man, because we, man, we could barely get no downtime. Yeah, I'll be on uh, coming up again at uh, nine o'clock with Kenny Cal Pistons tonight with uh, Chris Flar. Flar is next. Uh, Ninety-seven won the ticket.